you could be forgiven for asking, what's happened to Ecuador? We live in constant fear because on a day-to-day -day basis when we go out to work, we don't know if we'll return or if we'll come back home in one piece. This is a story of how one country in South America has been transformed by the trade in cocaine. Ecuador sits between Colombia and Peru with a population of 17 million. It had been stable and safe. Not anymore. This week, 68 gang members were arrested after they stormed a hospital where a member of their gang was being treated. Also, this was the moment Ecuador arrested a top Colombian drug trafficker. The situation's been escalating for weeks. On the 7th of January, a powerful drug lord known as Fito vanished from his jail cell. Prison riots across the country followed, with the military trying to contain them. But dozens of prisoners escaped, hundreds of prison staff were taken hostage. There were bombs in the capital, Quito, too. And then there was this. A local TV station was attacked by armed men, live on air. Days later, the man leading the investigation into that was shot dead. And in the aftermath of the TV attack, this was the assessment of Ecuador's president. We are practically living in a state of war against terrorism. These are not organized crime groups, they are terrorists. Ecuador has gone from one of the safest countries in Latin America to one of the deadliest. According to a leading think tank, the nation's murder rate for last year is the highest in its history. And Ecuador's police say 80% of those murders connect to cocaine. But the drugs trade in Latin America is nothing new. So why is it having such an impact on Ecuador now? Well, first, we need to look at neighboring Colombia. It's long been one of the largest cocaine producers in the world. And for years, the Colombian rebel group FARC controlled the drug trade there. But in 2016, FARC demobilized as part of a peace deal with the Colombian government. Most of its members stopped their armed resistance and stepped back from the drugs trade. This created a vacuum, which Mexican cartels and other organized crime would fill. As well as that, with the support of the US, Colombia has continued to clamp down on the drug cartels. That meant the cocaine trade was looking for somewhere that was easier to do business. It looked next door. And Ecuador wasn't equipped to deal with this. Ecuador has been a relatively sort of island of peace, relative island of peace uh, to, to compare it to Colombia and Peru. So that's meant that it's never really developed the infrastructure, the training and the material to be able to take on these sorts of uh, existential security threats that it now faces. And Ecuador's lack of preparation connects to its relationship with the U.S. Back in 2007, Ecuador elected Rafael Correa as president. He vowed to free Ecuador from what he called U.S. imperialism. And as part of that, President Correa closed a U.S. military base in the port city of Manta. That meant a sharp reduction in the monitoring of Ecuador's waters. Also, in 2013, Rafael Correa suspended cooperation with the U.S. Drugs Enforcement Administration. That meant a sharp reduction in U.S. support. And also relevant here is one of Ecuador's main exports, bananas. They're shipped in containers, with many bound for the U.S. and Europe cocaine could go in those containers too. Put all of that together, FARC's demobilization, the clampdown in Colombia, Ecuador's disengagement with the US, a lack of security infrastructure, and the established export routes for bananas, and Ecuador was vulnerable when the cartels decided to make their move. 
over the last few years where we've seen this escalation of violence, this sort of gradual descent, or not so gradual, sometimes quite, you know, surges and up outbreaks of violence. There's been numerous states of emergency, you know, 60 days, 30 days, and none of them have really sort of got to the root of the problem. President Correa left office in 2017. Two more presidents would follow him. And then in October last year, Daniel Noboa was elected president on a promise to crack down on violent crime. To do that, he'd need to deal with the criminal networks operating within Ecuador's notorious prisons, which are central to the cocaine trade. Uh, not only have they been able to operate with impunity in the prisons, they've actually expanded their activities, an indication also of a certain amount of complicity within the security forces. In other words, many prisons in Ecuador are the base from which gangs coordinate drug trafficking. And that brings violence. Hundreds of inmates are being killed. In 2021 alone, over 300 died. But so far, efforts to break that connection between the prisons and the drug trade haven't worked. There's one final factor too, the people buying the cocaine. Because one estimate values Ecuador's annual cocaine exports at close to a billion dollars. Others put it higher still. And 70% of Ecuador's cocaine exports goes to Europe. The busiest cocaine route in the world starts in Ecuador's main port and ends in Belgium, from where the cocaine is distributed across the continent. As one organized crime expert puts it, the unending demand for cocaine in Europe is what is fueling the Ecuadorian drug war. And the EU accepts that Europe is part of the equation. Drug trafficking and organized crime linked uh, to it are a threat to all societies, their prosperity, security and democracy. Europe needs to reinforce its cooperation with partners in fight against drug trafficking in Ecuador and elsewhere. All of this is having devastating consequences for Ecuador. And for some, the situation is untenable. They're trying to leave. For example, in 2022, nearly 18,000 Ecuadorians sought asylum in the US, five times more than the year before. Thousands of personal decisions with roots that reach back. In truth, the storm which has turned Ecuador from one of the safest nations in Latin America to one of the most violent has been brewing for years. Ecuador's predicament was a long time coming. It will take a long time to resolve too, because this is about supply and demand, about an inability to stop the exports, about the US and Europe's voracious appetite for cocaine, and about a country ill-equipped to be caught in the middle.